This story starts in Moss Side, Manchester. This isn't a place renowned for entrepreneurial wisdom. It's full of grit, determination, and underpinned by a sense of community. So what made this dad go on to generate millions in revenue before taking a pragmatic view of life, which has left him feeling more content than ever? You're listening to the Dadversity Podcast, and this is the Pragmatic Dad featuring Dave Gibbons. Hey, dads, welcome to the latest episode of the Father Forward podcast. I am joined by Dave Gibbons. So Dave, uh, owner of the Project Peak Performance community on Facebook. 20... One of. One of. One of the founders, yeah. Plus years of traveling the world, creating successful businesses, and more recently uh, working on more mindset and coaching type roles with with successful people who need a bit of guidance and and who are trying to fix certain areas of of their life. But I I wanted to spend today talking about how a a guy from Warrington gets into that position because it's it's been quite an interesting journey for you, hasn't it? It, Yeah, it has, mate. How did he get into doing that? Where did it start? Where did the the bug start for more kind of... Oh, mate, ridiculously young age. I remember as a a kid, it's, it's strange this, because I've actually spent... A lot of time over the last maybe four or five years going back actually and and figuring out certain things about me. What makes me tick? What what pushes my buttons negatively, positively? You know, what what makes me tick? From the from the business side and entrepreneurial side of things, I think to be honest, I'm I'm still searching down this road, but we were brought up, I was born in, I'm actually not from Warrington. I live in Warrington now, but I'm from Manchester. I was born in Moss Side in Manchester in 79. So in the early 80s, yeah. I the was old a little, city ground, right? That's it, mate, Main Road. So where Main Road is, there's a school next to where Main Road was. It was called Claremont Road School. That's the school I went to. And I actually used to live in the terraced row of houses behind Claremont Road School. No way. So at the age of probably about four, I was one of them little scroty kids who used to say, can I mind your car, please, sir? Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't give you your tether, you used to slash your tires. Well, we never did anything, to be honest. It was just a freebie for us. We never we never minded the cars. Of course we didn't. And we didn't ever damage any of the cars, to be fair. But I think it was just, I just got to learn. I, I was The environments that I was in around that time kind of dictated what I was going to be doing. And that's a strong belief of mine. Environment uh, dictates outcome 100% of the time. So, yeah, I think what it was, was being brought up in not not poverty, I had a great upbringing, to be honest, great, great father role, great mum, stayed together as well, which was unusual within my area of life and, and the people we grew up with. None of my friends had uh, the same mum and dad, they, they, they did broken families and divorces and remarried and, and, and X, Y and Z. But yeah, I think it started at a very young age. I knew at a very young age that Two things. Number one, if you wanted to get forward in life, you're going to need to um, make something. At the time, that was money to get sweeps and admiration and this, that, and the other. But as life progressed, it, it became a bit more, uh, a bit more real as to okay, you, you, it's possible to do this, and we need to start going down that road. So yeah, from a very, very young age, mate. I'm sorry if that's a bit of a wet answer, that, but yeah, really young age. And from when I speak to other people now and people that I coach. It's quite unusual from that like kind of young age for for people to be doing and having the thoughts that I was having at the time and and stuff. Yeah, what's the 
you spoke about the environment and mm. it's really interesting you should speak about that because I've made uh, people who followed my journey through diversity will know that I've made decisions to get out of a certain industry to pursue diversity and then I got sucked back into it on a contract to keep revenue coming in and then suddenly we're in this spot where I'm, I know it's the wrong environment it doesn't breed the right behaviors to make diversity successful to the level I want to get to and, I, and I'm massively on board with this idea that the environment basically dictates your outcome. The people around you are massive, aren't they? What everything with environment dictates your outcome. But you you, sp- you speak about moss side, and there's, there's like a preconception, probably a misconception from my side that moss side's a bit of a rough area, probably not much going on there. Kids who are born there probably don't get much from out of life. Yeah. That's just my perception of it, and it's probably wrong. But is that fair? Is that a fair perception? Of I mean, it's, it's fair that it's your perception. Yeah, 100%. Of course it is. Um, you you know that based on what you've learned. Um, no one's ever told you any different. So mm. why would you think it would be any different? Is it a deprived? Yeah, of course it is. Um, it's a big council estate. Um, it was renowned for being a really bad place. Certainly in around the time that I lived there, there was a lot of gang stuff going on and yeah, a lot of deprivation. And and it was, yeah, it wasn't the, the nicest environment. The strange thing was I was one of the, one of the only white kids in a black school, which was a bit weird to yeah. say, to be honest, you know, yeah, it, it, you know, I had a, it was great. I, I didn't notice it. I didn't know any different at the time. All I knew was being born into this world. So for me, it wasn't good, bad, indifferent. It was just how you lived. And until you start to see something else coming out of that, you'll never change that mindset. How, how would you know, you know mm. what it's like? So yeah, it was a really bad one. I get this quite a lot. I see a lot on social media and people saying advantages from certain areas and some people have got a much better advantage. And I, and I get it. You have. You have got better advantages depending on where you're born in the UK, where you're born in the world. But what can be grown in those environments is something not to be passed over because grit, determination and focus can grow in those environments if they're allowed to grow. And if they're put within the right environment, within the environment. And I think that that's what I got from it. Whereas other people don't get that. There's choices in 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 life. I clearly took a choice that, okay, well, I don't like A and, I'm, and I can and I want to get to B. So I'm going to take that step. Some people don't and it's more fixed and they stay where they are. They stay in the lane. They stay in the channel and they never get out of it. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's an interesting point that dad on, on um, the next episode to this speaks about how he came from a really quite wealthy background private schooling etc etc had real problems with low self-esteem yeah which is i find that fascinating because i i had no idea that he felt that way and you speak to people like you know you and i who you know we grew up with not a lot at all and you kind of look at it and go i wouldn't change that for the world because he just gives you a new layer a new layer of resilience that you just you just wouldn't that fuel to my fire Oh, mate, it's mad. To my fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if it was comfortable at home, why would I want to leave? Well, you know, if it was comfortable where I live, why would I want to? We're designed in a way to protect us, safety. Yeah. Um, and it's even strange how we see things. We all see things differently based on, on our programming to date, to be honest. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah. I'm intrigued about how this guy from from Moss Side, I know you, you kind of take A step, B step. How do you get to this yeah. point where you're suddenly traveling the world and, and running different companies? And and for okay. context, like we, we didn't really yeah. go into great detail on this. Like what, what were the things you were doing? What were the companies you were running at that time? Okay, so running, I started off working for other people and I learned my skills there. So I was fortunate enough to land a job in a particular industry in my late teens it was now 
And the job effectively was I was a broker. I came in as a salesperson and my job in in that department was to sell computer equipment all around the world. So you had to, and because you were broke, you had to set up everything. You had to set up the logistics, the supplier. You had to find the supplier. Then you had to figure out how to get the products over into the UK or whichever destination in the world they were going. You had to find the customer. Then you had to find how you're going to finance the deal. Were they credit worthy? How could you finance it? So I learned a, a large number of skills in my early years, which have, have, have helped me dramatically go on. Without going too much into it, I felt like I got wronged in the employment I was in in my early 20s and decided that I was, I thought, fuck this, I'm going then. I'd realized that I only need you for money. And as long as I can figure out that money problem, how I'm going to be able to fund this, then I've got everything else already there. It's me that does this work for them people. So anyway, I managed to find, figure out how I could how I could fund it. And I, I took off. And how did you fund it? I funded it via the suppliers and the customers based on terms. So I knew that one person wanted it. I knew one person wanted to sell it and they didn't know each other. And I sat in the middle and said, okay, guys, well, look, here's, here's the deal. He wants it and he's willing to pay the price that you want to do. He'd never dealt with you before. He wants some kind of uh, terms to get it over here. I've been dealing with it for years. So you trust me, would you ship it to me? I'll get credit on the customer and then I'll get them. And as soon as I get their money, I pay you. And it worked. It's dead simple. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. But it literally went from zero and in just over two years, we were turning over five million quid a year. Wow. And that's just you. Yeah. That was just me. Wow. Yeah. Um, at early 20s. So that was the first step. I'd done it for people before. I'd worked up through companies, up through the ranks. I was very well known within the industry because of what I did. Yeah, I just so I took the I took the leap. And from there it just went nuts. Did you did you feel yourself changing it? Because that's a huge trajectory, that isn't it? That that's massive, yeah. massive growth. Like for yeah. most startups, that's that's insane. You get the startups who get like huge investment who don't reach those levels because they struggle to get like product market fit or whatever. But that yeah. like that for you is is that's insane. What did you feel yourself changing during those couple of years? Do you know what I did? More than anything, I started to develop. My ego started to develop in a way that I didn't really, looking back now, I didn't really like that much. Yeah, I became a bit of a dick, to be honest. <laughs> I, I really did throughout my 20s. And looking back now, I was an egotistical prick, to be fair, who thought that he could run the world and nobody could stop him. It was, you know, I, yeah, I turned, yeah, I turned into a person that I didn't want. I became very focused and hungry on one particular thing, which was business generation and growth. And I did that and I've had multiple businesses I've set up in the, over the last 20 years, I've probably either set up or helped set up at least six large companies. Four of them have been eight figure plus companies, which either I've either owned and, and sold or, or dismantled and broke down into pieces and got rid of, or I've helped other people grow their businesses. I've been heavily involved within coaching for just over, probably just over 10 years now, predominantly in the business sector. I was the guy people called for acquisitions, help with business growth, this, that, and the other. And in the last four years, four, maybe five years, it's taken a drastic turn. So to jump back into this story of where did it lead me, it led me down a path that I was ridiculously focused on work. I was doing amazing things at work. I was very highly regarded in my business sector. People wanted my time and they pay ridiculous money for it. And, and we kept growing these businesses. There's a downside to that though. And the downside to that is that, I didn't spend any time at home. 
during for a large part of my kids' lives, which caused big problems around four or five years ago. Were you, were you looking back to that point where the businesses are growing, you're doing all these great things? What were you happy? I felt I was happy. Yeah. Do you know what I do? Yeah, I, I, I was happy. I was happy, but unfortunately, things were happening in the background which I was unaware of. Um, things with myself, I, I started to drink a bit too much. I was I was under pressure and I was stressed, and I didn't know that I was stressed. That's probably the easiest way I can put it. I didn't know that I was stressed. I was drinking a little bit. I was drinking too much. I started going out a lot more. I mean, we'd have to take clients out and we'd take them to strip joints and we'd take them out and get loads of beers and food and all this type of stuff. And that was my life. I was constantly in and around these environments. And I started drinking quite a bit. I, I never felt like I had an alcohol problem. But looking back now, there was clearly some issues there. Yeah, I started to drink quite heavily, start taking drugs, cocaine. I, I loved a bit of cocaine back then and and and, and alcohol. And it, it, I just found myself in, in an environment that I'd created. I'd actually made this environment for myself. Nobody had done it for me. And it was full of shit that was killing me slowly. The stress was there. The, there was problems at home with the wife and kids and everything else. And I didn't, just didn't see any of this until one day my wife sat me down and had a chat with me. And she basically told me that I wasn't the person uh, that I thought that I was. And it was like, wow, I didn't see this coming at all. I thought everything was fine at home. I knew that I wasn't there a lot. And I knew that it was stressful for my wife with me not being there. But it was kind of, I always felt that, look, just give it another year and we'll, we'll have all this fixed. And you'll be happy then. And we'll both be happy then. Just just sit and wait and, and it'll be cool. And that's kind of how I, how I saw it. But that year never came. It was always another mountain to climb when I got there. That's the problem, isn't it? Because yeah. it becomes an obsession, doesn't it? I was obsessed, yeah. And And I was I addicted to it. Right. And then when, and people don't tell you this, do they? And even with businesses that fail, there's still a level of obsession there. It never leaves your mind. And it's, it's, it's hard. I'm curious about when your, when your wife sits you down and says, look, Dave, you've changed. This isn't the same guy that I married. The kids need you more. Presumably that was the type of conversation because you're working so hard on the business. Is your, are you concerned about like where that leaves you on a, because it's almost your identity, presumably, right? The business is your identity. You're this guy who's it was, yeah. very highly thought of, and you don't want to lose that stuff, do you? No, I didn't want to lose that stuff. I did. I felt all of those things. It was definitely part of an identity that I'd created. I was definitely addicted to it. I think I was addicted to the feeling that I got when I was winning. It was huge, yeah. you know, and I was winning a lot. I was winning a lot. Yeah, I got a lot of admiration from even my peers, the people that I was dealing with, the money was there. I was driving the fast cars, all the bits. And I loved it, mate. And yeah. honestly, I, I loved it. But unfortunately, while my focus was over on this direction, what I didn't realize is that things were burning in the background. Has it changed? In what way? So you've gone from this guy who's working daily, working incredibly hard, winning every day in business. You've been sat down by your wife. Clearly things have had to change for you on a personal business level. Yeah. When you look back now and you analyze how the level of velocity of work you were putting out then mm -hmm. before that conversation with your wife until yeah. today, how has your life changed from then to now? How has it changed? Okay. So why it's changed mm -hmm. is 
I realigned with my focus and what was always important to me. I thought that the business and everything else would fulfill that void and would fill that void and help me. My family would come along as the, as the second ride. So this is the ship that's going to take us to the destination we're going. And I had to realign my focus and realign what was, you know, I was doing all of this for the family. I wasn't doing it just for myself. I was doing it for everybody um, within the family. And that's always been really important to me, which is why it was such a shock. So what did I do? I just realigned my focus as to what actually is important to me. I went and got a coach myself about four or, four, four or five years ago, whatever it was now. And it it really helped me. It really helped me open up my eyes to see certainly what I was doing, why I was doing it, which was a huge eye-opener for me, and and how I could create a better road, how I could do all of the stuff that I wanted to do and maintain balance. And I found that amazing. So how it changed my life from that moment there and within a couple of months of having my own mindset coach, I loved it that much that I thought I fancy a bit of this and I'm going to go down this route. I'd always been a business coach, but I'd never been a mindset coach. But when I, when I learned more about the mind and the body and actually what's going on, what's going on under the hood, because that's what I wanted to try and figure out. And when you start to see what is going on, it it changed me massively. And ever since then, I've gone down a route of like ridiculously studying psychology. I mean, I, I don't know if I've told you, and it's not a surprise to anybody who knows me who's listening to this. I spend two hours every single day learning. Yeah. doesn't matter whether I'm on holiday. doesn't matter if it's Christmas Day. Every single day, I spend two hours honing in on that craft. And going down the roots of every course that I could possibly go on. Who's the best in the world? Let's learn from them. And what it's done is it's hugely opened my eyes as to what's going on with the bonnet, certainly for sure, but how I can help myself, my family, the people around me. And and obviously I, I, I charge for a service anyway, which is not what this is about, but I now coach people. And what I get from all of that Tenfold beats the feeling of winning a deal. Tenfold beats getting hundred grand in the bank. I sat down with Lee Matthews last night. You know Lee. We've spoken about the new mindset coach, Lee, in, in diversity. You, you, it, it's really, it's really weird to me. He asked some very, very basic questions of me last night, and he was basically like, "Where do you score yourself on here at this part of your life?" And it's actually. It's, like, it, it, it's quite when, when you're in it and you don't think you're doing anything wrong and you think you've semi got things locked down it's quite emotional isn't it looking at yourself and holding a mirror up how did you feel when you were when you were sat down with that first call for the coach because presumably you're going into this call going Fuck it, I've, I've done it i've achieved everything i'm at this level like i've done all this stuff loads of cash like why family what else is there and when they start questioning and holding the mirror up it's really fucking hard to deal with isn't it it is. I mean, to be fair, it, the 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 coaching route I went down never really held up. I mean, I held up the mirror. Yeah, uh, I'd already seen what I'd kind of wanted to get out of it. To be fair, and where am I going to go with this now? I just needed to see a different. One of the first things we went through mm. when I went down a coach was me just talking about what was going through in my day, what was bothering me. 
What was, what was a pain in my ass? What did I like? What did I do? And we started to build a foundation from there. And he was then getting a clear idea of what makes, what makes me tick. And I learned a hell of a lot of new stuff. And how I started to, to see things I've, I've, I've always had quite a growth mindset from a very young age and it's very healthy to have a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. So it wasn't a huge shock to me when I was looking down this, I knew I had a problem. I knew that one thing that really stuck with me is I knew I'd had a lot of good stuff in and around my life and, and easy for me to grab hold of and under my ownership. But one thing I never had was contentment. And I remember the text message when the first text I sent to, to the coach, it was, I said, look, I feel like I've got everything that I should want in life. And people kind of, you know, look up to me in certain things. I think I've, I've got a lot of admiration for myself. I, you know, I do love myself, not in a crazy way, but I think you have to. And yet I'll never feel content. And his reply was, makes perfect sense. Let's have a chat. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. And honestly, now I'm like more content than I've ever been ever and and that's been continued from the last four years or so. Where where do you, just a hypothetical, and it's probably not massively relevant, but I'm intrigued about it, and I wanted to ask a question for the last five minutes, so I'm going to get it out there. Go for where, it. Where would you have been if you didn't have that conversation with a coach? If you'd have carried on track and remained that, that focus when your wife had sat you down and said things need to change, and you said, fuck it, I'm not changing, I'm happy, this is what's happening. If you'd have stayed on that track, where do you think you would have been now? I honestly think I would have ended up in a very similar place really? some point down the road. Yeah, I do. Whether or not that would have been with my wife and kids depends mm. on how long it took me to realize. I think that I would have always, it would have been a matter of time until I'd have figured this, this type of stuff out. But there's only so long you can go through this. You know, there, there was a lot of pain towards the end of the businesses as well. Like I said, it was a lot of stress. I remember one day getting in my car, starting the engine and just bursting out into tears for five minutes. Mm. Used to go home, sleep on the couch at lunch quite a lot and hide it away from the wife and kids so nobody ever knew. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. So where could it have been? I mean, it could have gone drastically another way. I could have ended up in prison in a piss head, mate, to be quite honest with you. But who knows? Who knows where it where would have gone? Yeah, you, you've thankfully gone on to become a, a guy who offers help and support to to other people now yeah what are some of the let, let's dig into that because i'm curious about some of the challenges that dads face right now in terms of why they can't seem to get out of that rut that they're in and they don't necessarily make the changes like what what's your view on some of the early stage challenges that dads face that they can't seem to just get that going is it just routine is it habit is it lack of belief you know, for themselves first right. seems to be a huge one for me most people i speak to are people pleasers everybody else out there and they put all of their stuff last and if you do that you're going to end up carrying a weight of burden and no fuel that's generally what happens so the biggest thing for me is the foundation level really really foundation level dead simple questions what are you going to do today to ensure you have a better day than yesterday how are you going to put yourself first so that you have got the strength and ability to look after others it's all about looking after the foundational levels and don't, we, I mean, I, 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 I go down a therapy route with a lot of my clients, but it's, it's later on down the road. Initially, the first six weeks is all about foundation levels because then I can start to see if you have any 
real psychological issues that are stuck with you that we need to attack and get past. Most people are just burnt out. They're running around like headless chickens. They're not looking after themselves. They're not eating the right things. They're not looking after the bodies or anything else, you know. And like I say, this 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 machine we've got is the best machine in the universe as far as anyone's concerned. And, you know, would you buy a brand new Ferrari and put shitty oil in it? Yeah, no, you're right. You wouldn't do it. People lack a plan, Dave. You what, sorry? People lack having a plan. I think people just lack the knowledge. I don't think none of the stuff that you hear on a lot of these coaching things is any different to the stuff you've heard before. It's all relatively easy to find hold of and, 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 and figure it out, but it's understanding who you are, what you are and what your capabilities are as a human being. And I just don't think people have the information. I think people are taught the wrong information a lot of the time they're not shown or, or have the guidance from somebody who's to look after them and and, and show them this kind of stuff. Mm. And like I say, it all goes back to environments that you're in. If your parents don't know, trust me, the kids aren't going to know. And they're going to do exactly the same as the parents did because that's all they know. And for me, I just think we need a lot more education around the subject. People need to understand what their role is in the world. And it's nothing at all what they think it is. It's hard, isn't it, as a parent? Because I, I, we we talk a lot on this podcast about this this I don't know, wealth of knowledge that we're passing down to our own kids and yeah. trying to instill the right behaviours. And I always find it hard as a parent to to do. I mean, my kids are young; they're like four and two, so they probably don't have a bloody clue what I'm saying, to be honest. But it's how does that how does that start? How do you start getting these messages into into kids? I guess it's just a similar way you you do it with yourself, right? You test different things and you figure out what works, what you enjoy, and well. Your kids are going to pick up everything that you do. Kids effectively are narcissists. They believe everything is their fault. So if they see mummy and daddy arguing, it's their fault. If they see mummy or daddy doing something, it's probably their fault because they just don't know any different. It's really, really difficult as, as a father and a mother. And for me, it's about foundational levels. This little human being that can't really converse that well at this moment in time, but can understand a hell of a lot of shit. But unfortunately, there's a lot of questions, a lot of confusion going on. But when they see who turns up, that's what they're learning. Not what you think you're teaching them, what you're doing, what you're showing them, what your actions are showing them, what the reactions to your actions, they're learning all of this stuff. They're absorbing it all in, like a little learning algorithm that just keeps going on and on and on. And this is why I find it so important to get these foundational levels sorted out. How are you turning up to your kids? If you're turning up knackered, stressed, you're probably not going to be the most effective father that you could be in that situation. So how can you get to be that person? By looking after number one first. You've ever been on an aeroplane? The plane's going down. About who puts on the mask first? Yeah, you're right. And why, and why did he do it? Yeah, because you're effective when, you, when you're safe and you can get it done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you're not, and what I see most most of the time are there's a hell of a lot of people running around like headless chickens just burning out of every part of the body because they just don't understand. Look, start with you. Once we've fixed, once we've fixed you and, we, and you know where you're going, you know the path and you know how you should be turning up, you know if you don't turn up, what's going to be happening, what the consequences to your actions, people start to think a little bit differently. People start to show up differently. People start to listen more than talk. 
we ask this question at the end of every podcast and you get different answers actually it's kind of interesting and obviously this is totally unscripted so you have no idea what's coming i so, how do you want your kids to think of of dad how do you want them to think about you wow i want them to think something interesting happened here actually because with my absence as a father one of the things that i've carried around for a long while is guilt guilt that should have been there i could have done better i knew i could have done better uh, I just didn't know. But the, the truth of the matter is I always thought I was doing the best thing in that moment. And that's why I did what I did. But I recently asked my daughter what she thought of me. I'd never asked this question before. And it was literally like a week or so ago. And I thought she was going to say, well, you were loving, but you were kind of never there. And we wanted you there. And, you know, I thought a whole load of stuff was going to come out. And she turned around and she said, oh, no, no, no. I thought you were dead cool. And honestly, I was like, what? I thought you were dead cool. I used to tell the teachers, I used to tell everyone you were a doctor traveling around the world, uh, fixing <laughs> And I wasn't, I was traveling around the world and all this. And anyway, she's got very fond memories, which really, really put a tear in my eye, to be fair, and released yeah. a lot of this stuff that I was carrying. But what do I want them to think of me? Strong, caring, helpful, and loving. That's what I want them to think. They're the main attributes I want them to. How they articulate that is up to them, but that's the feelings that I want them to feel for me. Yeah, it's a good values and they're good behaviors to have. I are talking about the kids, isn't it? Yeah. I, I listen to you now and it makes me feel emotional. You just look. It's at... I mean, mine are older now. And yeah. yeah. Ones, haven't you, mate? But mine, I've got my eldest daughter is 20, my middle daughter's 18, and my youngest is, is 11. Yeah. My little boy's 11. So I'm going through different stuff now with my kids i'm coaching them in certain things as well which is crazy Iris yeah. Hall now. no wonder you've got no space for new clients mate you know uh, this is, i don't unfortunately because i run long programs you say i only i i don't have a large number of clients i have like four or five clients but the long period of time so yeah unfortunately i don't at the moment but yeah trying to get the kids on the straight and narrow i was listening to christian's podcast and he says oh it's all psychological man he's right it is <laughs> it is it's psychological it's yeah it, it messes with your mind mate when you're trying to figure this this stuff out and why are they doing these things i can't get my head around the why they're doing x y z and yeah yeah it's very very difficult mate it's tough to figure out but once yeah. you figure it out it's powerful isn't it when you get control of it it's crazy but i so project peak performance we'll link that into into this chat so dads can come and have a chat with you if if you're happy to do that and and say hello no problem yeah obviously you're kicking around in in dadversity as well yep and actually, actually, Dave, just above anything else, like obviously thanks for doing the podcast today and sharing your story and, and all of that good stuff. But thanks for being so active in the group and, and sharing ideas with the coaches as well. They find it massively valuable and, and I appreciate it more than you probably you probably realised at this early stage of it. You're welcome, mate, no problem. And sure. maybe see a bit more of me coming up in the, in the in the near future. We'll have a chat. Yeah, I hope so. And thanks for coming on, Dave, all right? No worries. Thank you very much. <laughs>